Hello and welcome to Duelist Community Raw, episode 19. I don't need you or or anyone for that matter. And the more the more I uh, recognize how how little I need outside of where I'm at here and now, outside of the idea that I need to become anything or, or need anyone in my life, the uh, the more wholeness and completeness I recognize in myself, the more enjoyment I get out of this experience and the more I enjoy and appreciate the time I do have with you. But it's not through a need which perpetuates this perception of lack, but it's simply because I enjoy the experience of interacting with myself in as many different ways as I, as I possibly can. And I'm coming to the conclusion that the you that I might need is based on the fiction of me that I'm trying to convince myself I am. So the more I need to convince myself, the more I need the idea of you to validate that fiction. But it's not the idea of you that I need. It's not even the idea of me that I need. That's where need originates. And without both of those two ideas, we have connection, which is what we're always looking for. It's just that we're in the way of it. So that all said, I and you are irrelevant. We're already together. There's nothing else to achieve. Just so much as cultivating an appreciation of how to be in that together. So with all that said, I hope you enjoy this live stream that is Dualist Community Raw, episode 19. And there we are. We are back. It's Monday. What an interesting weekend. I have to say the workshop was a hell of a lot of fun. Yeah, it was it was a blast. It was uh yeah, I mean, just great expressing all the things that we <laughs> talked about and have learned from from coaching. I know I really enjoyed just the process of expressing even what I've learned thus far about it. I think there's there's probably more in there than I realized. Um, but yeah, I love doing one-on-ones. So I'm excited to see uh, where everyone from the workshop and any, anyone who gets it afterwards uh, goes with their coaching career because it'll be fun to see people start to get into it. Yeah, absolutely. Because coaching really is a natural kind of extension of having this conversation all the time when you are having this conversation quite frequently. And I don't mean this conversation in any deep metaphysical sense, but just the conversation about freedom and being and, you know, being human without trying to be anything in particular, you know, being fulfilled in yourself, that conversation. When you start to have that often enough, you kind of end up becoming kind of a coach to people without meaning to, just because you want to see them do well. And so taking on coaching is kind of a natural extension sometimes. Uh, and it's certainly a good way to develop your own growth and your own awareness, because if you don't otherwise have the opportunity to talk to a lot of people, it's a great way to talk to a lot of people doing groups and, and, and whatnot, as well as talking to other coaches who are usually very interesting people. Um, that said, there is now a channel on our community Discord for coaches. If you would like to go and chat with other coaches, and specifically, we're talking about coaches who have recently taken the Authentic Coaching Workshop, but any other coach is welcome to jump in there as well. You might gain some of the insights that we shared over the weekend. Or as of tomorrow, that workshop will be available for digital, digital download on our website. So I'm pretty stoked about that as well, because it was a good workshop, like as an intro to authentic coaching and relationship building. I thought it summarized quite a bit. And it was good. It was a good balance of 
how to coach and how to take care of yourself while you coach. Yeah, I think I think it was a great combo of the mentality during a call, you know, handling your yourself after a call, around a call, leading up to a call, just in your life as well. Um, and then a lot of practicality or a lot of practical things involved as well, just about you know, how to handle someone who is going over time by a bunch, you know, all sorts of things like that, prepping for for calls. If you have a client who is is recurring, how to handle that sort of relationship, because that's going to be different than someone who just books a, a one-off call. So it was, I think, a great combination of things. I think we covered things about as well as we possibly could. And two hours of discussions and then two hours of Q&A, the questions were all awesome. So we were able to expand on a lot of stuff. So that was that was great. But um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I'm excited for that mentorship program to start up and just uh, be involved in people's journeys through that as well. Yeah, likewise, the mentorship program is something that really inspires me. Even the workshop over the weekend, seeing the participants each and every day after the workshop over the weekend, I, I walked away with this visual of ripples, of just seeds being dropped in the world, making more of an impact as a result of these people feeling more like they they can do what they want to do, that they can, in fact, help people just by not wanting to necessarily fix people, but be there with them, which is very much the point of this conversation. And which actually brings me to our listener. Good morning, dear listener, or it might be evening where you are. Um, another thing that dawned on me over the weekend, as it often does, is how important you are. I'm very excited about your existence. I'm very excited about the fact that you join us on this conversation week to week, because that's all it really is, is a conversation. It's a dialogue. It's an opportunity for you to work through your stuff while you're doing something, whatever you might be doing right now, it's something and therefore part of the process. And so the fact that you're taking us along for the ride and using whatever it is that we share with you to your advantage makes me feel really good. I have to admit because it's not on me. None of your change is on me. I don't, get to, I don't get to take credit. Andrew doesn't get to go home feeling like he's saving the world. None of that. But you're out there changing nonetheless. And that's exciting to me because that changes everything. And that's what we need is a little change. Well, we already have change, but some different change, some changing change. Changing change. Amen. But uh, yeah, it's, it's so cool to see and just hear how people are doing in their own lives and the things that they're taking away from the episodes and what resonates with them and and how they're taking it into their own life because what you take into your own life is completely on you and you know we're really just here as we say so many times having having a conversation talking to each other but it it comes down to to you and how you are able to resonate with it and take it into your own life and the, and the ripples that are made through the application of anything that's discussed here and how, how you understand it and, and how you apply it because how you apply it to your life is going to be different than how I apply this type of stuff into my life. And then we're all coming at it from different directions. And I think that's why it's so exciting to see the community grow and all of you kind of taking hold of 
these types of recognitions really. And with that, you know, the message is going to spread and eventually it's going to reach a point where it's spreading so rapidly that we don't even know what to do with it. You know, like uh, right now it's, it's still picking up steam, but it's picking up steam more and more quickly every single day, every single week. And so it just, I don't know. Not that not that we need anything to keep us motivated because we've been having this conversation for you know a year and a half, and it, the first couple months were there wasn't a very big audience at all. But um, it's still fun to see it, it. We don't. It doesn't go unnoticed that people are you know sharing things and talking about things, bringing it up, getting the merch and wearing it in their communities, spreading the stickers. Like it all really does mean a lot as much as we say that we're doing this for the conversation for the sake of having it we don't need any uh accolades or recognitions no credit can be given to us it doesn't go unnoticed and we do appreciate all of you very much for sticking through it because it's it's a lot of the things we talk about are about as uncomfortable as it gets questioning the fabric of our reality so if you're here in it with us like Kudos to you, because it's not the easiest thing to do in the world. Straight up. Absolutely. And while we're on the thought, a shout out to Steph, who was at our workshop over the weekend and actually came out and created some content right out the gate, decided, fuck it, I'm going to say hi, I'm into coaching, and this is what I want to do. And she created a video and posted it on Instagram, and I was incredibly impressed and very proud of her for doing so because i know that first step is often the most challenging and now just keep taking more steps just keep making more content make more videos and of course if you tag dualistic unity in your videos we appreciate it and we will share it as often as we can because we want to see you grow we want to see that ripple continue and it's all of our ripple together so i'm very proud of it i'm very excited and proud of you for doing that because i know again it, it's a big step to do that for anyone especially bre breaking into coaching where imposter syndrome is <laughs> so common right because you very much feel like well okay but all of these things i'm sharing seem kind of common sense like they should be obvious but they weren't always obvious to you right and that's often the case for people the reason that looking for a coach is because they've lost sight of something and they're because of that lack of balance, they're suffering. That's all. And so it's the common sense things that they maybe don't hear enough. Maybe that's not in their environment. And so it's more valuable than you might think. So if you are considering becoming a coach, definitely do. I definitely recommend it for sure. Don't make the mistake of thinking you have, that you have nothing to offer just because maybe the people around you aren't appreciating what you have to say. Amen. Yeah, Steph, awesome to see the the video there and and just how quickly you're applying it. Like a lot of times people go to some sort of workshop like that and be like know what they have to start doing and they'll sit on it for another month, two months, two years even. So to see that sort of turnaround, that's that's record turnaround right there, I think. So it's it's awesome to see you getting into it already. But um yeah, I mean when it comes to the coaching and the sharing, like it really is just about getting out there and having the conversations and, and how often, if you look at your own life, like how often have you known something or recognized something and then completely forgotten it? And then it was expressed to you in a different way, in a different 
time in your life. You're like, oh, right. I knew that, but I, you know, got caught up in this, got lost in that. A lot of times that all, that's all a coach is there for is just to remind you of a couple of things that you already know. Um, and so just seeing that even in my own life, like there's been times where I've been going through some shit and I've like gone back to my own videos and like must've covered this at some point. Like I know it's in there somewhere and looking back at it and then it's like, okay, that makes some sense. And just like any, any way that you can, you know, recognize something that you've already understood. And, and so oftentimes just interacting with another person who's there, not trying to tell you anything, not trying to teach you anything, but just there for you understanding where you're, what you're going through because you're you've been through it or you're currently going through it you're just there to uh to chat with them and and be there for them and hold the space for them to be able to recognize that some of the stuff they're holding on to might not be quite as necessary as they think and through that you know some freedom arises and then things shift they start to see things a little bit differently and that's all it ever really comes down to is is how they're able to to shift. And sometimes you can just be there as a catalyst to help them begin that shift. That's really all you have to do. That's all we're ever really doing. Sometimes we get in the way of people shifting just because we think they should be doing something else according to our preferences, right? And so it's nice to be able to know that you can get out of the way and allow change to happen rather than force change to happen. But uh, that all said, actually, we should make this announcement quickly because it's, it's coming up soon. Tomorrow night on Dualistic Unity Raw, that's Tuesday, in case you're listening to this another day, um, we're going to be having our first group episode. So we're going to have participants of the Dualistic Unity community, specifically Tier 2 and Tier 3 patrons, joining us for an episode. And we're going to show everyone what a group is like. So I'm very excited about that. I'm not sure how many participants we're going to have from the start, but it's going to be a lot of fun. For sure. And so if this is something that interests you, if you have a project or a podcast, um, something that you're working on that you'd like to share or talk about, this is a great opportunity for you to introduce yourself to the community, to get involved with this conversation on any level whatsoever. If you're becoming a coach or if you are a coach, this is a great opportunity for you to introduce yourself to everyone. So we encourage you if you would like to join us, you can join us on Patreon, patreon.com slash dualisticunity. You can also go to the website, dualisticunity.com, and under the contact button, you will see the uh, group episode sign-up form or the link to the sign-up form, so you can access it there. Uh, again, it's going to be fantastic. I'm really excited about this because I think participation is really where dualistic unity has the most strength so much engagement even in our community discord the, the conversation is just ongoing all the time it's fantastic i i have to admit i i like popping in there just to see how people's progress is is kind of coming along how the insights that they're having and they're sharing with others are landing whether or not everybody's still in that mentality of just sharing freely rather than trying to be right it's a fantastic community i i'm really enjoying discord and i had never been on discord before dualistic unity Yeah, all of the uh, all of the communities within the community are are a lot of fun, and it's so cool that we have so many different avenues in which to to communicate. You know, because some people, as much as I love the group calls and the live stuff, like some people don't always feel as comfortable being on screen or being on a call. So 
being able to hop into discord and go there or even getting on a call and just using the chat you know that's another feature we use pretty often but yeah i mean the uh the patreon calls especially you know i mean tier one you get two a week tier two you get even more a week i think yeah it is five days a week for tier two and then tier three you get that extra call so yeah and then uh being able to have the live group chats as well with or the recorded live group chats that we're now going to start doing starting tomorrow is going to be fucking awesome because it's an opportunity for people to be straight up on a podcast episode like you have the opportunity every single month to be on an episode and share if you have points of view if you have you know if you just have questions if you have a business that you want to share like there's a pretty large dualist unity community that you're able to share whatever you want to share with and so i'm very excited for those because the group chats themselves you know on patreon are, are always a blast but they're all private they stay within the patreon community so now once a month having that going out to the public for for everyone to see and hear and listen to all of your stories and and thoughts and insights and whatnot will uh will be very exciting so yeah super pumped for that to see how see how that group goes um but yeah it's it's going to be awesome for sure yeah absolutely i feel like we're just going through announcements right now because there's so many exciting things happening um including another workshop coming up in february this one's going to be on relationships and dating so i'm pretty stoked about that one that's going to be a fun conversation because we get a lot of questions uh, in terms of relationships and dating because it's such a big part of our lives and so we've just decided we're going to make a workshop about it so it's available all the time if anybody would like to specifically talk about that concept without going from one thing to the other that'd be fantastic. It's going to be right there for you. But another announcement while we're on the topic is there are two tickets left for our April retreat. We are having an event potentially in about mid-June in Colorado, uh, as well as a Netherlands retreat coming up in November. That's all just blowing my mind. I got to tell you, like, it's interesting how you're pushing the snowball up the hill for the longest time, and then it's rolling. And it's really starting to get rolling. And again, thank you to everyone who's listening to help this snowball roll. It really does make a difference. We are getting to the point now where it's feasible to consider or imagine one day having, say, a music festival where everybody can come and, and listen to some fantastic bands, all of which are you know, ultimately in this conscious space to some degree it's feasible for us to have more and more community events. It's feasible for us to start organizing groups where you can gather with other people in the city that you're in to discuss these things in person, if possible. So it's, it's going to become more and more possible for all of these things to happen. And it's happening as a result of, of you. Again, just listening. We really appreciate it. Every episode that comes out, you tuning in makes the difference. It really does because each and every day we get more exposure on say Apple Music or Spotify or any of the podcast platforms. And it's all a result of you helping to push these views and, and liking our videos and liking our, our podcast episodes, like all the reviews, everything, every little bit, even you just telling your friend, oh, I was listening to Dualistic Unity the other day. That, that's fantastic. You know, people wearing our sweatshirts, which again, you get if you are a tier two or tier three supporter, you actually get some merch so you can wear it around and proudly promote dualistic unity and the ripple that we're creating with your help. So yeah, I'm, I'm inspired. I have to admit, I'm just kind of taken aback by how quickly 
this has all just grown. Because as you said, 16 months ago, when we started this, I think we had what, four or five people that were coming to the groups, right? And, and I want to say, because some of those people are still with us, we love you. Thank you so much for being here. Some of them aren't with us right now, and it's because they couldn't be. They have other things in their lives that took them away, but we know they'll be back at some point because it's not even about coming back to us so much as just continuing to know this conversation has value. So they're going to continue that conversation in their lives to whatever their capacity is. It's such an interesting thing to be able to know that you're changing everything without needing to get in there and worry about it, right? Because that's really it. You don't have to worry about the change that you're perpetuating. We're a part of that change that you are perpetuating. And we're just continuing on. So the change is going to continue. And all you have to do is continue to set your priorities according to the freedom that you want to embody. Because that's, that's really it. That's the defining line for this podcast. I'll tell you right now, there is an entire mentality. And this is the reason I never expect us to get the kind of ratings that you would get on, on, a, on a show that does promote egotism. Because right now, the majority of people don't think about freedom. The majority of people are always just trying to feel better. And that's through the carrot and stick, right? So that mentality will take a while to shift. And so each and every person that decides to shift it on their own changes everything. They change everything. You're changing everything. I just don't want you to forget that. It's so important. You don't have to feel like you are. You are because you are everything. Amen. Yeah, there's a there's sort of a lightness that comes with that recognition, the idea that, you know, with everything going on in reality, everything happening, we, we always think that we have to do it ourselves, you know, take so much effort to shift everything and go out and you know, protest this, protest that, do all this, do all that. And it really just comes down to where you're at and the freedom you embody within yourself and and understanding that you can't really know the impacts that you're having. You never will truly know what sort of impact that you have because everything we do echoes throughout all of eternity. So, but knowing that, knowing that everything you do does shift reality does change reality like there isn't so much concern for how it is or or you know the measurement of it or trying to uh look at the look at the stats of change and like you know how can we see exactly what type of change is being made right now it's like no it's always changing you're always changing everything about reality all the time and so that's all you ever got to do day to day, just going through your life and experiencing more freedom within yourself. And then just talking about things in a state of freedom, not even necessarily talking about freedom, but just talking about things in the mentality of not needing to change anyone else. But we so often get so caught up in thinking that we do like, okay, starting to feel better in myself. Now, if I don't change everything around me, then it is it even does it even count? Like what good am I doing in the world if I'm not changing other people or shifting, you know, the the system or changing the system and and we've 
because we're coming at it from this state of not feeling whole, not feeling complete, we think we have to go outside ourselves to have any purpose or meaning or feel like we're doing anything at all, really, when the reality is you're always doing something, you're always shifting things, you're always changing things. And that value that you're striving to get from everything outside of you is always there. Like you're always that wholeness and completeness. And in that, you're going to have so much more of a, of a impact on reality. But, you know, trying to change it, trying to change other people is oftentimes significantly more detrimental to the change that we're trying to have, which is a tough pill to swallow because you got to almost relax into the reality or, or the understanding that it's not going to feel like you're changing as much of reality when you're just changing yourself, which we really like. We like to feel like we're changing things. We want to see see the numbers change out there and, and see all the things that you know people tell us, oh, you, you helped me so much. You changed me so much. And the reality is that when we're trying to do all of those things and going outside of ourselves to do so, a lot of times it just, I don't know, has a has a counteractive impact than than the one we're actually trying to make. That's really interesting because it's <laughs> that's funny. Changing yourself really does feel very different because you're right. It doesn't feel like you have any control over the change around you. It's just that you are responding differently to the change around you. Whereas the rest of the mentality, you're trying to change everything. So all of a sudden it's you're you're letting go of force. And you're letting that influence come towards you and then transforming it. You're letting reality influence you and then you're influencing its influence. And that's changing the ripple. And that's so very interesting because there is no sense of control in that. And you'll notice this in like changing relationships, for example. Like if you are, if you have a tendency to attach to people, you will usually end up in a relationship that's fairly toxic. And in that relationship, You'll want to like cope with it. You'll try and change the other person. You'll try and change what you do. So the other person doesn't react to you, but you're not changing yourself necessarily. You're just trying to mitigate the negativity. You don't want to have an argument, let's just say. Whereas changing yourself, changing your priorities, recognizing like, right, holding on to this person is actually probably the problem here because it's changing everything I do in that conversation. And letting them, letting them go gives me my freedom back and changes how I can respond to them. And that's exactly what it does. All of a sudden in that argument that we're trapped here, frustration isn't there because you recognize you're there voluntarily. Right? And that changes everything about that conversation, not because you're forcing anyone to change, but because you have changed how you perceive it and therefore how you react to it. It's such an interesting thing, but it's it really is an act of faith because again, you don't know what the end result of that's going to be. All you know is that you're kind of yielding, you're bending, as it were, in order to let reality move with you rather than putting up a wall and trying to fight it, right? Because it's the problem with being defensive like that. It's the problem with putting up a wall. Those walls are brittle, right? Eventually they will start to break and that's what panics us even more. But if you're never putting up a wall, if you're always allowing yourself to kind of bend and allow things to be what they are, regardless of how that works out. And I think that's the big one. 
right? Especially in relationships, understanding in friendships, especially that not every friend you have is going to be your friend forever. That's okay. That doesn't mean anything about you as a friend. Sometimes it means that they just don't want to go down the direction that you want to go. If you want to be free and somebody else doesn't, they're likely not going to continue to hang out with you. And it's just because you're invalidating the prison that they're invested in. That's okay. There's no problem with that and don't hold anything against them. They may change their mind at some point. You may see them again. You may not. The point is, if you really care about them, if you respect them as, they, as you would like them to respect you, let them go. Let them be who they are. Let them have their own journey. It's not about you. Right? That, that really is a tough one. It's a tough one, especially when you care about your friends and you want them to be happy with you as a person, but you know that at the end of the day, perhaps you're just enabling them. Perhaps you're just making it worse because you're not willing to do the right thing or the thing that's the hardest, which is be honest. Something to keep in mind. Yeah, for sure. And that makes me think of um, a statement a lot of people make with when it comes to relationships or friendships. And like, there's oftentimes I don't know, the statement's basically like, well, I just I just want a partner. I just want uh, to be in a relationship. I just want a girlfriend. I just want a boyfriend. Like, is that so wrong? Is that so wrong to want that? And part of me is like, like, yeah, kind of. Like, why do you feel like you need it? Well, and and the response is oftentimes, well, well, I don't, but like, I I want it. Yeah, exactly. And and so it's like because we're discussing mentality and the underlying you know, reality of what, what the actual impact of holding on to that mentality is like, actually there is a massive issue with wanting, just wanting a partner, wanting to be in a relationship. It's like, who's telling you they should be? And they'll respond. Well, no one, it's not that I should be, but I, I just, I just want to. Because then it impacts everything that they're always doing. They're not doing things. Like they're not fully in the thing that they're doing. They're not even fully in the conversations that they're having with someone who may end up being a great boyfriend or girlfriend or partner or wife or husband or whatever to them because they have this underlying need that I want this person to be in a relationship or I want to be in a relationship with this type of idea, this type of perfect person, my type or whatever the fuck people, people desire in, uh, in those types of things. But as long as you're holding on to that, it's gonna cut you off from the situation that you're in and actually hinder your ability to be in one. And again, when I, when I have these types of conversations, people will say like, Oh, so, you know, just, sit around and wait for someone to come to me. And it's like, it, it has to be a complete shift in the mentality of desiring for someone to come to you. And it's not to say just sit in your bed all day and, and wait for someone to come knock on your door and be like, I'm ready to be your girlfriend. It's like, it's not that it's going out and being free in yourself. Being free in yourself means you don't need anything else 
on top of that, because if you're in a relationship, even if you do end up being in a relationship and you feel like that person is completing you, like you're not whole without them, there's going to be a ton of manipulation and feelings of lack that are reinforced in that situation. So saying something like, oh, is it so wrong to say that I want to be in a relationship or I want a wife or husband or boyfriend or girlfriend? It's like, yeah. It kind of is. And it's just because it's working against you. But that's really all it is. And it's not that you can't appreciate when somebody's in your life. Right? It's, can't, it's not that you can't go, oh, it'd be nice to have someone to share this with. Totally normal, for sure. But for it to be that romantic person, necessarily, doesn't have to be the case. And this is why I say to people most of the time when they're like, you know, I'd like to meet someone nice, but there's nobody on Tinder or there's nobody on any of these dating apps. Just go out, just get involved with something, you know, join a, a hobby, go to the library more often, talk to people is the point. Just talk to people. And it doesn't need to be, you know, all, all guys, if, if that's what you're interested in, or all girls, if that's what you're interested in, it can just be people, groups and groups of people, because the more you're involved with people, the more often you're going to have conversations. And that is going to make you feel like you're more connected to people as well. It's going to change your priorities, right? Because often we fixate on that romantic partner because we're alone. We're, we're not actually connected to a lot of our friends or we're not connected to other people. And we think to ourselves, well, if I just had this one person who understood me, I just had this one person who cared about me, this one person who recognized who and what I am, then I'd be happy. But you can hear immediately, as soon as I say it that way, there's this undercurrent of need and that creates this responsibility for the other person. And so if they do come into your life and you are expecting them to fulfill you and make you happy and be the person that solves all your problems and the person that checks off all your boxes, you can imagine how difficult that relationship will be to maintain if that person starts to change. And they will. At some point, they may not be as committed to focusing on you as you want them to be. That doesn't mean they care about you any less necessarily, but they're also a human being. They have their own path. The question is, are you willing to stop focusing on your wants and needs for them as they have to go through something? Right? Because relationships are a two-way street. Right? It really is a street. Sorry. Um, it really is because you have to have give and take. You have to understand you're both on a journey. If your relationship and your idea of a relationship is just about you and your wants, it's not going to work out for either of you. And if it is, it's not going to be the fun that you want it to be. That honeymoon period is really misleading. It really is because at first you get together with somebody and you're just so excited. You're like, yes, somebody, they like me. They've obviously got to start, you know, ticking off all these boxes. And that's where the danger is, is when you actually start looking for things to check off those boxes and you start admit and you start ignoring everything else. Right. All the little things, because you're like, you know, oh, well, I can change that. Right. Or they'll change over time. You know, this is a good thing here. And you just got to be got to be so careful because obviously. Just like everything else, your brain has oversimplified the problem. And oversimplified the solution. Because people are not that simple. People are complicated. 
you may see somebody talk to somebody, get along with them all the time. And then one day they're going to do something that you didn't notice or you never took seriously. And it's going to grate on you and you're going to have an argument because you're humans. That's the point, right? You can't have this mentality. And this is the danger, right? Like with the Andrew Tate mentality of husband's got this role, acts this way. Wife's got this role, acts this way. There's a reason they think like that because it's safe. Nobody has to change. Nobody has to grow, right? Nobody challenges one another's role or responsibility because it's set in stone, right? And that's often why those relationships are so dead. Yeah, those th that whole mentality always fascinated me because it automatically puts both sides in a box and like expands on the idea of them being what they think they are that now it's not even you should be what you think you are or hold on to this idea it's now you have to be what i think you are and as soon as you're not like it sets me off like i i've had friends who date people who the person clearly held on to an idea of what they thought they were and as they started to change the person like kind of started freaking out like they they were like oh you're not what I thought you were, you're not, you're not who I thought you were. And it's like, as we say so many times, you're never what you think you are. And your partner is never what you think they are ever. And so you almost, it's like, you need to stay in that state of wholeness in yourself. And I was going to say there's a balance, but I don't know. Is there a balance at all? Like how far do you go towards, I don't know how I want to say this, like sacrificing yourself in, and like, do you sacrifice, is it worthwhile to sacrifice even at all? Or is it, is it kind of like depending on the situation, like sacrificing your life to mold with that person or if you're sacrificing your life, is it maybe that that relationship isn't as, I don't know, sturdy as you thought? No, not necessarily. I, I think it really just comes down to, again, relationships and people, friendships as a whole, they're all complex, right? They're really complex. And there have been times in your life when maybe you were a bit more needy because you were going through a developmental phase. Maybe you, you got knocked off balance, for example, or something in your life went badly and, and you weren't in that place that, that uh, you felt like you were enough. And so somebody would give you more attention. I mean, this is the role of parents largely, right? Being a parent is, is largely unappreciated. Let's just say, and it's just, it's not personal. It's because that person has a lot of other things that, that's on their mind. Your children are developing. There's a lot that they're learning through. And so out of love, out of empathy, out of compassion, because you see who they are, you just recognize that there's a lot of journey that they still have to go through. You just kind of take that hit on the chin, right? You're just like, eh, you know, I can, I can put up with it. I, I can, I can deal with this. And it's because you love that person. You, you care about that person and you're not, in an ideal world, hopefully, um, surrendering yourself so much as just surrendering your comfort, right? You're surrendering your preferences, but you're doing so willingly. 
Like that's re what's really important about that in relationships is never to feel like you're surrendering yourself and that makes you a victim, right? Like, oh, but I've given up myself for years, you know? And like, it's just, it's really important not to do that. You can recognize where you've been out of the way for sure. Because a lot of times, especially as a parent, as your kids are growing older, you have to actually start saying, okay, but you're old enough now where I don't have to surrender my time as much. Like you're big enough to, to deal with that emotion on your own. I have things I want to do. And as a parent, as your kids get older and get into the teenage years, you can actually start separating a little bit, which is different, which is different and difficult sometimes. Because again, nobody's going to be a fan of you suddenly putting some distance and saying, all right, well, I'm taking that crutch away, right? And then that's kind of it, but that's also in their best interest. So you see, it's interesting, right? Like you're always willingly going into some degree of conflict, some degree of strife, right? For the sake of the other person benefiting and learning from it. And I think that really is love, but when it's not coming from a state of clarity, then it becomes force. It becomes like a lot of parents and this is sad, but true, um, don't want to be parents, right? Like they're parents and they kind of look at it like, oh, if only, if only I, I hadn't had kids and my life would be better and all that. And then it really makes it, it makes it difficult. It, it really does. Because at that point you feel trapped, right? You feel trapped and you feel resentful. Like everything you're doing for your kid is, is kind of have a, a, of a trade, like I'm doing this for you. Why aren't you paying me respect? All that stuff, and and that can really that that can make the relationship really hard. But to recognize they don't have the capacity to show you the respect that you think they should be showing you, that they're still learning and all that, that's a different thing, right? To, to recognize that you're you're going through it while they develop, rather than because you have to, right? And that's a terrible mentality. But unfortunately, it's the case, and it's the case because a lot of us get into relationships without understanding why we get into relationships, or we end up getting, you know. Um, someone pregnant or we get pregnant ourselves at a very young age and all of a sudden now we're parents without having fully developed ourselves, right so that's another thing that can kind of get in the way like it's very difficult for you to be there for your child when you are in fact still mostly a child so all of that considered but yeah back to your original question I think it, it comes down to it really does come down to how how yourself you are I think if you know who you are, regardless of, of giving up your comfort, regardless of giving up your own focus on yourself, regardless of giving up your time so you can help somebody else through that, then you're not really giving up yourself, right? You're doing it willingly and you're, you're like, yeah, I'll be fine, right? Now, that, that's, that's love, in my opinion. It's an act of surrender. You're, you're just allowing them to go through it. Now, that doesn't mean that you put up with, it, with everything. It doesn't mean that you, know, you take abuse by any means, that's definitely not the point. And I wanna make that very clear because I can hear the people right now going, so I just put up with anything because I love them? No, no, that's, that's definitely not it. And this goes back to the original point I was making about knowing yourself, right? It really is, it's about knowing who you are and being full in yourself, being complete in yourself. Because if you are, then as I said, you won't take someone's shit. Like you're gonna set boundaries as a result of being who you are. Okay? That doesn't mean that you won't be willing to surrender those boundaries from time to time out of love and compassion, but it means that it, it will be willingly surrendering those boundaries, not inappropriately surrendering those, those boundaries. Like if your spouse or somebody you're in a relationship with or a friendship with who's an alcoholic and they get all pissed off and they tend to get abusive, you don't put up with that shit. That's not helping them or you, right? And you know that that's just enabling at that point.
right? So it's it's a tricky line. Relationships are complex. Yeah, and, and the knowing yourself too is not the idea that you think you are. And so I think seeing the benefits of surrendering all of those preferences and ideas of what you think should be or the right way for things to be is very important as well. Like if someone's surrendering because they think it's good for the relationship, but don't see the benefits in themselves, like, or in their own life, then it's, they're going to be going, it's going to be an uphill battle the entire time. But in your own life, being outside of a relationship, being able to recognize that, you know, all of those opinions that you cling to, all of those preferences, all of those judgments and the way you think things should be and the right way to do things and the wrong way to do things, understanding that you don't actually know any of those things, all of those things that you cling to aren't actually the truth. You'll start to see that. And beyond that, they, they hinder you from experiencing freedom. They're cutting you off from the freedom that's available when you begin to surrender more of those things. So recognizing those, this is outside of relationships as well, but it's super beneficial in relationships because a lot of those preferences that you hold on to because you're in such a, you know, close quarters with someone, you're constantly around someone interacting with them. A lot of those preferences and opinions are going to come to the surface more often. Um, but outside of the relationship, recognizing the the freedom and the benefits of relinquishing those opinions and those preferences is, is I think, hugely important and understanding that, you know, the idea of you that you cling to is not the reality of you. Like knowing yourself is not about holding on to an idea and the way you think things should be and not letting anyone shake that or question that. I think it's super important and a great aspect of a solid relationship is are people who do question each other and question their points of views. And if you're holding on to all of those preferences and opinions, thinking that you're always right and they're always correct and you're being very stubborn about it. It's going to create a lot of unnecessary friction in the relationship, but that doesn't have to do with you. You know, it's not about that. That's a different situation than setting those boundaries for acting, you know, the other person treating you with some semblance of respect and, and understanding and whatnot. It's, it's being willing to, for the ideas and, and the concepts and the the judgments that you hold on to, being willing to have those questioned and kind of questioning them yourself is very important. You can almost get ahead of it by questioning it in your own life outside of being in a relationship or if you're currently in a relationship, being willing to take the time on your own before the person you know sets off those triggers, being willing to question them yourself beforehand and and through, the letting go of that kind of see how much more freedom is available when you do not cling to those things so tightly and find some more freedom in yourself. It's like all of a sudden it's going to be a lot easier to interact with, with anyone at all. And there's going to be people you resonate with a little bit more and, you know, maybe you end up being in a relationship with those people, but you know, it, it always goes two ways, but I think being able to do the work yourself as well, letting go of all of those things that you're so stubborn about because you think that that's you know the truth of what you are and you're holding on, you're protecting the idea of yourself. It's like, no, that's not the reality of you. That's just the idea that you cling to that cuts you off from the freedom 
that's available. So I think being able to do it on your own time as well is uh, is very important and will be super beneficial to yourself, but also definitely the relationship that you're in. Yeah. And you can see now why we're having a workshop on relationships and dating. And it's for this reason. There's so much. There's so much. And it really is a conversation that depends a lot on the people you're talking to as well, because everybody goes into relationships with a different grab bag of problems and a different variety of history of uh, experiences that inform that relationship. And so everybody has a different experience in relationships, everyone. And so when you're in a group environment, especially a group about relationships, because I've run them before, uh, you always hear different perspectives. Sometimes you hear things that you've never expected to hear. Sometimes you, you hear things from other relationships where you're just like, wow, that's a problem. Things like that. And so it's really important to remember that going into a relationship, you should know yourself or at least be yourself. You should be okay being alone. You should be okay being alone because otherwise the relationship itself is always going to be a source of fear. It's always going to be a source of stress and it's always going to be a source of conflict. Right? That's the biggest danger about relationships is that if you're in it to satisfy a need, you're, and the other person is as well, you will both convince yourself that you're not while you do so. Because it feels really good for a little while. Right? And again, that's that honeymoon period. Right? And that happens a lot. It's like, yay, this is what I wanted. Six months later, this is not what I wanted. And that's when, again, you hear, as Andrew was saying, you're not the person I thought you were. Exactly. Ding, ding, ding. You get a prize. They never were the person you thought they were. Or more importantly, the person you wanted to think they were. They were always the same kind of person you are. Infinitely variable. Doing the best you can. Completely uncertain. Doing the best you can. And if you understand that, then you won't have so many expectations of people. And that's when you actually are able to love people because the expectations are gone, right? Love is the acceptance of people without condition. It's all it is. You're just accepting who they are. But if you go into a relationship with expectations, especially needs and wants and desires and all that other fun stuff that makes you happy, it's never going to be a fulfilling relationship. It's always going to be chasing that sense of happiness, which is always going to depend on people acting and living a certain way within that relationship. It's really important to remember that. It's kind of like um, some of us have this friend where whenever you get together with them, they've organized the whole event in their head. It's going to be this, and it's going to be this, and it's going to be this. We're going to take pictures here, and we're going to do this. And then, so everything's according to this tight schedule while you're hanging out with this person, however many of you are hanging out with this person. But as soon as something doesn't go right, they start to get bitchy, right? And that makes everything else start to go a little bit more wrong. And as that starts to go wrong, they start to get even more bitchy. And throughout the day, you're watching this person who was so tightly in control, had these expectations of the day, it was going to be awesome because it's going to be this, ends up being the complete opposite. Becomes just a fucking nightmare. Well, why? Because you're going into it with expectations and needs and an ideal of what it should be. And then every time it changed into something else, that didn't match your ideal. So it became a source of unhappiness because you were really banking on the ideal to make you happy. And that's how easy it is to get all fucked up. 
you have to be willing to just be where you are. If you're in a relationship with somebody, that moment is your relationship. The moment you're in is your relationship. It's not where you started. It's not the future you might be going into. It's the moment you're in. That's where your relationship is. That's what you have to address. That's what you have to live with. And that comes down to you recognizing why you're there, what you're trying to run from or what you're trying to soothe. And if nothing, and you're just there, you're in your relationship. Congratulations. Yeah. And uh, so those expectations are always going to kind of expand or uh, what's the word kind of like snowball on themselves. And I think like the retreat is a great example of letting go of that. You know, if, if we thought of the situations in the retreat as being a partner or someone in, in a relationship, like there was a number of things, especially early on the first couple of days in the retreat that didn't go according to any plan whatsoever. But on the same token, like we didn't really have a set specific plan. It was just that things, there were some things that we had to maneuver around and it was almost as if they didn't even happen. We moved around them so quickly and moved on so quickly. And I was just like, kind of as they were happening and everyone was just kind of chilling around them. I was thinking like in other mentalities, this would set off so many people. Like it's so interesting how it really does come down to like, it's not what happens. It's how you respond to it. That type of mentality. Like I've seen people respond to the most minuscule things and it just like sets them off for the entire day. And then someone else, something way worse happens and they see it for what it is. It's like, okay, this happened. What can I do with it? They move on. And within a few minutes, it's like, They've moved on from it. So it really does come down to your responses, your reactions, your mentality in the moment. And so in a relationship, if you have an expectation of someone and they don't meet it, and that then shifts your current state of being, like that shift in your current state of being is going to change every single moment moving forward. And then there's another certain thing, or you're, you're just going to double down on those expectations, be like, you should have been this way. And then they're not like that again because they never were like that from the start. It's only going to compound within yourself. Compound. That was the word I was looking for before. Or snowball, kind of same type of thing. But that that response and that reaction is only going to compound as the person continues to not meet those expectations. So it was never about them meeting those expectations. It was about you letting go of the expectations and being where you're at in the state that you're in and uh going back I, I i'm curious uh your point of view on the difference between a romantic relationship and a friendship because i feel like people have drastically different ideas of what a friendship and a relationship is and i feel like i don't have that drastically different of a perspective on it it's like there's the intimacy side on the relationship but beyond that like being able to be with someone without any expectations i i find that people are able to do that significantly easier in a friendship because there's not 
all of this societal narrative placed upon it and expectations and concern, like, are we ever going to get married? Are we going to have kids and all of these future focused things? Whereas a friendship is very much just fulfilling in the moment, in each moment you're with that person because you enjoy being with them in the moment and relationships turn into this whole fucking crazy ass mess because of the, all of the expectations. So I'm curious your point of view on, on the differences between the two. That's a great question. So I went through a, a long period of trying to figure out why the hell do my relationships end up being burning dumpster fires? And it was largely because of, of this idea of romance, the idea of love that is largely sold by our society and peddled during Valentine's day, especially um, is this, I don't know, this kind of medieval romantic perception, but that romantic perception was very much based on, on again, certain roles abiding you know, by, by certain rituals, as it were, it was also based on, on the idea of ownership, of course, that you courted a woman to a certain point, and then she became your possession. So romance was largely um, done to also prove how much of a gentleman you were, to some degree, right? It's kind of like peacocking um, and, and whatnot. But that all ended up becoming interpreted by our generation and, and the generations that, that came before us in the last, say, couple hundred years, as this idea of romantic love which is kind of infatuation to a large degree. You know, the, the idea of romantic love is really this idea that, that it's adorned with a lot of trinkets. It's, it's, uh, it's very flowery. It's a lovely idea. It's lovely, but it wears rose-colored glasses, if that makes sense. Like it sees everything through a certain very positive lens in terms of romantic love, but it's ultimately infatuation at the end of the day. It's like the idea of being in love with somebody is it is not love, right? Like, I'm not in love with you. I'm in love with the idea of being in love with you. You've heard that one before, right? That's often the case of romantic love. It's, it's, it's this ideal to a large degree. So to go back to your question, that kind of love doesn't, doesn't last very long unless everybody continues to abide by the rules of romanticism right unless you continue to buy flowers and to, unless you continue you know to act in a certain way that doesn't mean you can't be romantic i'm specifically talking about the idea of romance right so remove the idea remove the word romance let's just talk about intimacy what's the difference between being in a relationship with somebody intimately versus being in a friendship with somebody I think it really just comes down to that line, not just the sexual line, because you may not be a sexual person. Maybe you don't have sex. That's okay too. You can have a relationship without sex. That's totally possible. A lot of people do it, um, especially in terms of people who can't have sex physically, right? That's just part of, of their relationship. It doesn't have to be, but there's a, a level of intimacy where you're just open. You, you open up with a, a partner or somebody that you've decided we're going to be together a lot more than you typically open up to your friends. Let's just say, right? Because even with your friends that you love and, and you care for and you talk to about a bunch of stuff, there are probably some things you don't talk to your friends about, right? Depending how close you are to your friends, you may actually be really close to your friends. And if you've grown up your whole lifetime knowing each other, then you probably know each other pretty well. In which case, you know, maybe there is no difference there outside of physical intimacy. Right? Because I don't know if there is. I, I really don't. I, I think that 
our relationships vary. I think that some people we are closer to and other people we're not as close to. That doesn't make them less friends. It just means that there's more of, of a gap between where your journey is and mine to, to some degree, right? But I think this is why I don't necessarily believe in monogamous relationships, right? It's not that I don't believe that they should happen. I think they happen all the time. And I think that, you know, if you can have one, great. What I mean is that I don't think the idea that you should be with one partner for the entirety of your life is the norm. I don't think it's something that you should strive for. I think that that that's kind of what marriage attempted to solidify was like, you promise you're going to be here forever. And, and unfortunately, that also creates a lot of strife. Now, that doesn't mean that you're not going to meet a partner that you're not with for the entirety of your life, because sometimes that's totally possible. But I think that's the result of honesty. I think that's the result of, of the work of continuing to be honest, continuing to be there for one another. And, you know, often that's just, that's really about how close to one another you've decided to be, right? So there is that level of intimacy, I think, with a partner. But the idea of a partner is, it's suspect. It's one of those things that, again, has become conceptualized outside of the biological need to have a child, right? In fact, isn't not all the animals in the animal kingdoms mate for life, like at all. It's important to remember that. Like, it's not like it's built in. We have to mate for life. It's not. It's not built in whatsoever. It's it's definitely optional, but it's easier for you to be the kind of person who can be stable enough in yourself to be with somebody for the entirety of your life, if you're okay being alone. Because then, you're they're not trapped with you. You're not trapped with them. Moving together, growing together is an act of love and friendship and openness as you continue on. That's all a relationship should be. But promising that you're going to be together, just like in a friendship, it's like, we're always going to be friends, right? Well, no, if you're a douche, I'm going to leave, right? But how often do you say that in a relationship? Like, we're always going to be together. Well, no, if you're a douche, right? <laughs> I'm going to leave. That never happens because what? <gasps> like it's a shock somehow. And why? Well, because you think somehow that relationship's different than the rest of your relationships. It's not outside of the intimacy part, outside of how close you are, right? But there are no different roles. There are no different responsibilities. It's still a relationship. That's all it is, relationship. Yeah, it's funny because uh, that monogamy is... It's more like a product, a, a potential product of a continued healthy relationship, doing it for today, being here with each other in the moment and that being the priority. But we've flipped it into it. It's like the the necessity, despite what the day to day is like, it's the way it should be. And I find it very interesting because a lot of people will argue who are on like very pro monogamy and core family values and all that stuff, they'll say, you know, society's going to fall apart if we don't, if people aren't monogamous. And it's like, it already is, fucker. Like it, it is because of things like trying to keep together a broken relationship and trying to hold on to that idea that this is the way that it should be, despite maybe it not being the best way for things to be. And so holding on to those ideas is what's actually detrimental to things. And a lot of times society may be significantly better if people weren't doing that. But at the same time, it has to come down to you. Like you have to see for yourself what 
the benefit is or the cost of staying with that person versus not. And a lot of times, you know, having children and, and being empathetic, like it, so much of this has to come down to empathy because if you have a few kids and you just like, don't give a fuck about anyone, but yourself, you're very self-centered, you're very selfish, then you may not care how your experience, how your decisions impacts your children. But I feel like, I don't know, that's, because this isn't something that I've experienced necessarily, but I feel like that is a balance as well, because a lot of people will try and hold on to a relationship and they're doing it for the kids. You know, they're, they're staying together for the children, but the relationship's super fucked up. And, and the parents are maybe thinking they're not arguing in front of the kids, but there's very much an energy that is felt by children, especially we were talking about yesterday, just how much more in the flow of things, how much more uh, sensitive to the reality of the flow children are. And so even if you're not necessarily yelling at each other in front of your kids, they can feel the the lack of love that is there. And so you think you're helping them by sticking with each other. But the reality is that you're just showing them an example of what they now think love is, which is going to stay with them for a very long time. So you would be better off not showing them that fucked up example of what they think love is going to be and, and separating and figuring out a way to work things out beyond that. But we hold on to all of these structures because we think that's what's best for society, not actually being sensitive to the flow of reality. Yeah. And it's interesting, right? Like how many times do you think a child is brought into the world because of the promise of monogamy, right? Like you get into a relationship with somebody, it's working out really well. You've been together for a year. You're like, yeah, we're going to be together forever because that's what relationships are for, right? And so you get pregnant and then a few years change. All of a sudden you realize, actually, I'm not really that happy with you, but now there's a child. Right. Well, you had that child because you had this vision of a path together forever, you know, to some degree, not all children are born as a result of that, that level of cognition, let's just say, but um, it does happen. It does happen. I mean, even the idea that, you know, if I, if I get pregnant, he'll love me, that happens. Right. And, and it's just because there's this idea of, of monogamy, like every relationship you get into, if you, if you, if you're lucky, it's going to be the one that lasts forever. And I'm just saying right now from people, from someone who has worked with clients who have been high school sweethearts 20, 30, 40 years later, telling you right now, date, like get out, have some fun. I'm not saying sleep around. I'm saying get out, have some fun, meet some people, go out, meet different varieties of people because a relationship isn't a hole to crawl into and hide. Or at least it shouldn't be. It should be a way for you to express yourself, to grow your life, to find out more of who you are by virtue of your relationship with somebody else who knows you so well. You know, because that really is the best part of a relationship, in my humble opinion, is the fact that this person knows you so well that you can't help but see your shit. 
you can't help but see when you're not being honest. You can't help but see when you're not being empathetic. You can't help but see when you're being selfish. Because you're looking at it in their responses to you and how well they know you. So it's always there. Relationships really are a mirror, as Krishnamurti said, right? without distortion. That's why they annoy us so much. Right? That's why you meet somebody who's a lot like you in some ways. You're like, why is this grading on me? Because there's things about you you may not like. Right. And so it's it's definitely an exercise that we should embrace, but not one that we should need. And if we are in a relationship, it should be no different than going into a friendship. Hey, we're getting along right now. Let's see how long that goes. Right. And as long as you have that, that respect for the other person without those roles and responsibility and that need. Oh, that need is so, so influential. And you'll be okay. The relationship will be everything that it's meant to be. You will grow from it. They will grow from it, regardless of what happens, and your life will continue. Right. But I really do think it's this idea, this Disney fantasy of happily ever after. Right. You should be happily ever after in yourself. Be your own fairy tale. Then somebody can join you on that if they want to. But you shouldn't need them to. And if you do need them to, that fairy tale is quickly going to become a nightmare. Amen. Be your own fairy tale. I like it. Um, yeah. And and it's interesting because a lot of people go into a relationship looking for the validation on top of that. And so you you even expressing how one of the benefits is that you're able to see your own shit and the person knows you so well that they kind of recognize when you're, you know, dealing with something or, or showing your true cards or whatever it may be. And a lot of people go into a relationship trying to avoid that sort of thing. Like they, they want the validation from the person and the person like, Oh, just, just love me. And it's like, love what love, love this idea that you're perfect all the time and not question what you're going through. And it, it, I guess it's really a reflection of how willing you are to question yourself. Because if you're not willing to question your own ideas and thoughts and you know way of going about things and someone else comes around and questions it, that's going to make you really uncomfortable. And then you're going to pin it on them as opposed to recognizing that it's just you trying to avoid the reality of the shit that you're going through, which is very interesting. But I'm, uh, I'm also curious regarding um all the sort of honeymoon phase courting like buying flowers all that shit do you think there's any degree of that that's beneficial at the start of a relationship or is it only going to set you up for failure more or less if that's not you actually being yourself because a lot of people like initially there's all of these expectations but if that's going to end at some point and what with that, so the relationship kind of starts to go downhill as you stop buying flowers or doing all the extra stuff that was so fun at the start, but you didn't really want to do it. If you do want to do it for it, then like no worries at all. But I don't know. There, there's like a facade that we play early on, I think. So I'm curious if that if there's any degree of that that you think is beneficial or no this is a really good question and and it's kind of funny because 
I'll explain how my relationship started uh, in a little bit, but there was a video I ran across yesterday on TikTok and I see these videos quite often. And sometimes it's from the man's perspective. Sometimes it's from the woman's perspective. This one, this one was from the woman's perspective and it was, guys, I'm gonna teach you, I'm, all, I'm gonna teach all of you the secret to making a woman happy. I'm doing you a favor, this is all you need to keep in mind. And she was saying things like, um, buy her flowers, at least once every two weeks or once a month, you know, it's only 10 bucks. That doesn't take much. Every once in a while, just come up to her and look her deeply in the face and tell her how beautiful she is. When she's taking a shower, dry some towels to make it warm and bring it to her afterwards. And this all sounds lovely, doesn't it? Does that sound nice? Doesn't that sound nice? Wouldn't, he, wouldn't you like it if somebody did that for you? Right? Any of that, you'd be like, this feels kind of nice, right? Does that mean that that's what your base, that what your relationship should be based on? you feeling satisfied by somebody else constantly paying attention to you that you actually should need that in order to be happy in your relationship. And that's the funniest thing about that video. It's like, hold on. So what you're telling me is if that doesn't happen, this person lacks the capacity to get over their shit and be happy anyway. Right? Because that's the point. You can get over your shit. I can get over my shit and free of shit. We can enjoy a relationship together. But if it's a need, if you need me to perform a certain way in order for you to be happy with yourself, eventually I'm going to fall short of that and you're going to resent me for it. And then I'm going to feel like, oh God, I should be keeping up. And our relationship has started to end because that gap is forming every time. Back to your original question though, if that's the kind of thing you like to do, do that shit. Absolutely. I'm the kind of person I like to do like, little things, little things that most people wouldn't consider romantic. It's just like, hey, let me get that for you. Or, you know, by all means, you finish this half steak that obviously you've been eyeing up the entire day, you know, that kind of thing. Like, <laughs> I don't mind putting myself second. But when I first met Melissa, for example, I remember very clearly her saying like, well, like, aren't you supposed to buy me flowers? And I'm like, nah, I'm not going to kill flowers for you. Like, I just, because I didn't see the purpose. And, and I still don't. It's not that I wouldn't necessarily get her a flower from time to time, but it wasn't one of those things where I'm like, our relationship should be based on this. It didn't make any sense to me. And it still doesn't to this day, right? To this day, the idea of like flowers in a box of chocolates, it, it sounds like a great marketing campaign. It really does. I mean, Sure, if you're thinking about it, like you're at the grocery store and you're like, oh, they love this chocolate bar. Pick it up, right? For sure. If you're walking through a field and you're like, that's a beautiful flower. You feel like killing it? Kill it. Bring it home. That's not a bad thing necessarily, except for the flower, right? It's going to last for a day or two and then it's fucking dust. So well done. Very temporary, right? But the point is, is that there are lots of ways to show that you love somebody, that you love someone. And it's not the ways that society tells you but when you grow up being told that this is what love looks like every valentine's day especially in every movie in every story this is what love looks like and then you don't have a sense of value in yourself a sense of wholeness in yourself you start looking for those things you actually start to think like that's what's going to prove i'm lovable if somebody gives me flowers and how sad is that Yeah. Yeah.
someone kills flowers for you i've I've never heard it put like that uh but i like it that's that's awesome and yeah i feel like what it really comes down to is just genuine attention you know not not attention because you should or not the attention like looking them deeply in the eyes and telling them how beautiful they are it's just like because you should it's never because you should it's because you can because you want to because you feel like it but as long as soon as it becomes a should it's it's gonna dry out literally <laughs> it becomes uh, a prison yeah. should always becomes a prison all the time every time it doesn't matter what it's in we talk about this all the time it's interesting right big big subject in the coaching workshop was do you ever feel like sometimes you're repeating yourself yeah all the time absolutely to myself right and that's how you get through all that conditioning all all that programming but it's doubly important in a relationship because in a relationship it's so easy to lose yourself right because this person promises to to solve all your problems and they want you to love them and so they are putting their best face forward too which is also a danger it's really important to remember that like there's so much that goes into a relationship and if you go into it with any degree of need if you go into it with your eyes closed even just a little bit you're going to pay for it later and it's not just you it's the other person too and so Personally, I think that's the best way to start a relationship. Talking about the pitfalls of relationships. (laughs) If you can have a conversation with somebody about like, oh yeah, this is the shit I don't want to do again, right? How about you? How do you feel about that? You'll figure it out real quick whether they agree with you or not, right? And you'll know whether or not you're walking into something where there's going to be expectations. But I think it's really important to be honest about that in those conversations, you know? What is it that you think a relationship should be? And listen. Because what they're telling you is what they lack, largely. And that's going to be on you. Do you want that? Can you take that? Is it worth it? Is it something you should do? Is it in their best interest for you to be their crutch? Yeah, I I think that's a great point. I haven't really thought of that, like being open about what the pitfalls of a relationship are early on, because that'll tell you a lot. Like if they have expectations of you, if they have ideas of the way you should act or the way you should be in a relationship, there's no way that's not going to be brought up in some fashion early on if that's discussed. So that's, I mean, that's a great idea. We'll definitely toss that in the workshop uh, in a in a couple of weeks, I think. Um, but yeah, I mean, even just being open about things that you're, concerned about talking about like if you're afraid the person's gonna have a weird reaction to you bringing up a certain topic like bring that shit up early bring that shit up like right away maybe even before you start dating because that'll be very telltale if they're if they're triggered or uh very concerned or uncomfortable about certain things being brought up like that shit's gonna get brought up eventually inevitably even if it's in fucking 10 years and then you're deep in a relationship it's like oh this is uncomfortable and then all of a sudden it creates a rift and then one thing leads to another and the relationship fucking dies and so you have to be able to be fully open you know as as ray said before you feel like you're walking on eggshells stomp on those fucking eggshells 
like as soon as possible. It's so interesting how people try and play this part early on. They try and hide certain parts of themselves. You know, they don't want someone finding out certain things, you know, and you know, I see it with, with friends too, even like, I don't know, just, uh, I don't know. I, I feel like early on in a relationship too, you know, you avoid certain things, you know, like shitting in someone's apartment or something like that. And it's like, I kind of get that to a degree, but at the same time, I guess that comes with a comfort and comes with, uh, the process of relationships. Like if, uh, I don't know, like on a first, first date, you go over and just fucking wreck their bathroom or something. I think there's extenuating circumstances. I mean, I'm not going to say that you should (laughs) like, don't build it up on your way. Like I'm going to save this up for when I drop by later. That's, that's definitely not the impression that you want to make, but you know, sometimes, you know, like, maybe you had like some sushi that afternoon and it's not sitting right. And you're like, shit, I don't want to be late. So you're left with a choice. Do I call and say, I'm sorry, I can't make it. Or do I go and wreck their bathroom? It's a balance. Right. And in my opinion, wreck that bathroom. (laughs) Just, just let them know. Don't go in there. Right. Maybe even explain the sushi incident, that kind of thing. But to me, a relationship should start from the ground floor with openness and honesty it really should you know like i'm not saying you you should drop a nasty fart right in front of them but i'm definitely saying that you know you shouldn't necessarily be like oh my god i farted i'm so sorry you know like things like that like it's gonna happen it's gonna happen you're a human being things are gonna happen right don't try to tailor yourself to meet somebody else's expectations because then you're never gonna get out of that box and that's a terrible place to be even though, oddly enough, you're like, but they love me, but they don't because they love you in a box. That's not you, right? That's you within a very narrow corridor where you have no room to grow or move. And one day when you do grow or you decide you'd like to grow, they're not going to deal with it well. And then you're going to be in a world of shit, right? Because it's not just early on in relationships that this stuff happens. It can happen later on in relationships too. Like it really, it really can. People can be happy for like 10 years or, or relatively happy for 10 years. And then suddenly one person goes through something that changes all of their priorities in life. Or they hit a certain age where their priorities change according to a certain fear of societal expectations, your midlife crisis, for example, right? Or, or even around the age of 30 for, for a lot of women who start to worry about not having children, right? Like that, that can fuck with a relationship all of that right especially for like middle-aged man suddenly getting to the point where he's like fuck nothing i've done has made me happy i need to buy a sports car and it's just because they're desperately trying to to adjust their life and it's because they don't feel fulfilled in themselves and all of a sudden the whole relationship uh, suffers as a result right and so it's important to recognize that that can happen anytime anytime in a relationship you really want to avoid it forming at the beginning but you have to continue to weed that garden as you go. Like it never stops. You always have to be on the ball in terms of what you are walking into and what is forming as a habit, right? Because it's important. Otherwise you're gonna end up 60 years old in a 40 year marriage where you haven't been happy for the last 20, but you know, you're still married and together. That's, that's not the best option for either of you, more than likely. Because you have options. You have options. I mean, 
And this is the worst thing is that I've seen people stay in relationships despite how unhappy they are. But you say, you should take a week vacation, be by yourself. And they do. And while they're by themselves, they experience nothing but freedom and joy and uncertainty. Like, I had so much fun doing this. And then they come back to their life and they're right back to, to uncertainty or they're right back to misery. And they will tell you like, well, yeah, but if I was on my own, I'd probably be unhappy. It's like, you were just on your own for a week and you weren't unhappy. What, what part of that have you missed, right? It's not to say you're not gonna have moments where you miss that person or moments where you miss being with somebody or moments where you might be alone thinking to yourself like, it'd be nice to have someone to share this with. It's not to say those moments aren't gonna happen, but how many moments are you currently suffering through? That could be just moments you're enjoying. Like you're trading your life and you need to do so with eyes open in a relationship. It's not to say that you shouldn't suffer through things with, with your spouse or with the partner or, or anything else. It's not to say that you shouldn't, again, be patient as they work through things, but you should do so willingly as a choice day to day, not as a result of any idea that you should always be together, that you must always be together, that's indicative of your value if you're not always together, or that you're gonna be alone if you're not with this person or that, like there's so much narrative there. Do you see how all of a sudden it becomes a trap? If you're going through any of that shit, that's the stuff you need to get rid of. As Andrew was saying, you know, stomp all over those eggshells because they're not helping you. They're not helping that other person either. It is quite conceivable that the best thing for you is to not be in the relationship. Yeah, and, and real quick for anyone's listening to this after or currently, we are going to be hosting a relationship and dating workshop um, early February. So tickets are not out yet, but stay tuned for those. We're going to be expanding on all of these things. There's going to be plenty of time for Q&A. If you got questions, specific situations you're going through in a relationship, if you're single, concerned about dating, all that sort of thing, uh, we're going to be covering everything in depth. But um going into yeah so with the uh with the holding on to the idea of being in a relationship like it's such a societal expectation of being in a relationship and this need to be in a relationship in order to feel like we have some semblance of value and so like when your value is derived from being in a relationship just being in a relationship not a happy relationship not a fulfilling relationship not an enjoyable relationship just being in one it's gonna suffer like it's not gonna be the fullest most fulfilling thing it could be when there is that need to be in it you're gonna settle for someone who doesn't isn't really a great fit for you because your priority above all else isn't yourself isn't your own happiness it's being in a relationship and so if that's your priority, if your number one is being in a relationship and that's what you want above being happy, above being fulfilled, above enjoying your life, all of the things that are below that priority are going to suffer because of it. It's very rare if your priority is just to be in a relationship, to be fulfilled, to feel like you're whole, to feel like you're complete. It's very rare that you're going to be as happy as you could be if you didn't have those expectations going into it. So is it really worth having that as your priority and expecting that if everything else in your life is going to suffer, if your experience is no longer as enjoyable as it could be if you were single and, and didn't have this need? Because through that, 
you're going to come across a relationship that does work really well because your priority is yourself, your own happiness, your own fulfillment, and then being in a relationship, then all of those things can happen simultaneously. And you just happen to be intimate or involved with a person who's in the same boat. And then it's like, that's fucking awesome. That's great. But if that's your priority, everything else is almost inevitably going to suffer. Oh yeah, absolutely. And this is, and I realize I'm going to sound like a bit of the stick uh, of a stick in the mud here. This is why it's so important to treat sex with a certain degree of consciousness. I really mean that. Like people kind of chase sex around, like you know, having it's going to make my life better for a short period of time. Yeah, in, in that you know you're going to enjoy yourself, sure, but chasing it, it's going to get you in trouble, right? And it's just because there's this equation in our head that if I have sex with somebody, that means they think I'm valuable. And unfortunately, that's not necessarily the case because so many people are operating out of need. Right? It's really important to recognize that. And this is one of the reasons, actually, I, I encourage every woman I've ever dated since I started to wake up. Um, you don't have to go out of your way to like look a certain way for me. Like, by all means, don't wear all that makeup. By all means, don't dress up. By all means, wear your track pants and your running shoes. Just be yourself. And it's because that's where you're attractive. That's where you're you. That's you, right? Whereas the rest of the time, if you're trying to make yourself appear more attractive, then what you're doing is, aside from not believing in yourself, believing that somehow my preference is going to be who you're not, right? And how long is that going to last for? And how often are you, are you going to get up in the morning and run to the bathroom before I wake up so you look a certain way? Like, it just sounds exhausting. It sounds exhausting when we could just be enjoying each other's company as we are. Right? And the same goes on the other side of the spectrum in terms of, of men. Getting dressed up, wearing that, that fancy watch, you know, wearing those, those, those diamond earrings, whatever it is that you're wearing, like, trimming your beards in a certain way, going through the idea of manscaping, all that shit doesn't make you more valuable. Like at some point, you're going to get tired of doing that. You're going to get tired of doing that. You know, likewise, people who go to the gym to be attractive for a mate, you're going to get tired of doing that at some point. I'm just saying, keep that in mind. If your mate's with you because you, you're, you're ripped and you got a six pack, you won't always and that's okay right but this is this is why it's important to recognize like why are you with that person what is it that's attracting you is it just the fact that they make you feel more attractive watch out for that shit right is it the fact is it the fact that they make you feel more valuable is the fact that they make you feel more lovable if they are giving you any of this that you don't feel in yourself run i mean it just stay away stay away i know it sounds counterintuitive like ray you're shitting on the party I'm really not trying to. What I'm trying to do is stop you from walking into a party you're going to regret going to. Because it starts as a party and it ends as a nightmare. So realize what you're going into and why. That's the biggest thing. Don't fulfill a need. People are not an avenue for you to fulfill your need. If you are trying to do that, you will find somebody who is willing to take advantage of that need. And that mentality of, you know, oh, well, they 
they make me feel a little bit better. They they help me feel a little bit more lovable. Like that's the mentality that's gotten into a, us into a society that has a 50 plus percent divorce rate. Like it's that type of mentality of relying on the other person for something because those can be faked like pretty easily. The person, if they feel a need in themselves too, and they feel like their their need is satisfied by validating your need, then we're just basing everything off of this shallow shell of what we think the other person wants or what we think the other person wants us to be. And it falls apart. Like we're talking years, decades of, of relationships that last for that period of time based off of a, a farce based off of just a bunch of bullshit that you both were trying to validate through each other. And so, yeah, relying on someone else for any of that stuff is going to be very detrimental at some point, even if it's, you know, 20 years down the road, like, is it really worth going through all of that just to have it end in a burning dumpster fire? Like, I don't think so, but I don't know if people don't feel whole in themselves. And so they feel that, that need to, uh, to get it from someone else. But, uh, also going back to the, <laughs> the sex thing, I've not, I haven't had sex in, in a while and I'm still feeling pretty happy. I'm at one of the happier points of my life and I've had points where I'm having way more and not as happy. Cause it's like, it's just, that's, it is really that short term sort of gratification and idea that it's going to do something that it doesn't end up doing but yeah maybe that i don't know we can talk about that more at a at another point as well <laughs> maybe on the podcast uh, we're all adults here i'm not bashful yeah, it's just true. fine no it's it's funny because <laughs> when i was when i was single before i i met melissa uh, i was single for a while and i was single just because again i kept walking into burning dumpster fires and a big part of that was just me basically willingly becoming celibate and I didn't look at it that way, just so much as really avoidant of dumpster fires, right? And so every time I talk to somebody, they start going somewhere, they'd be like, no, nah. like, I'm just, I'm just not interested. And a lot of the times that ended up going badly, like, because they looked at it as an insult, or they looked at it as some, some sign that they were lacking value. And of course, I'm trying to explain like, no, I just don't want to walk into something that is going to mean more than it should, because I don't know you, right? And I don't want to lose myself in this just for some temporary satisfaction. And, and it's just so interesting to watch how people respond to that, right? And I, I challenge you, if you are single, to go, out, to go out on a date and say, yeah, I'm not looking for sex. And see how long that date lasts. Absolutely. And, and I mean that, like, it's so funny to me because as a guy, so many times I've had it expressed to me, like what I really want is a guy who's not just after my body, who's not just after sex, who wants to be with me for me. And yet it's so interesting how many dates I went on and said, I'm not after your body. I'm not interested in sex. I'm here for you. There was not a second date. Isn't that interesting? And it's because we say one thing, it doesn't necessarily mean the truth. Right? especially if we don't recognize why we want to be in relationships. And often we don't. 
we don't recognize why we want to be in relationships. And that's the biggest reason that they tend to fail. Somebody in our comment was, uh, section was saying that uh, apparently they say that up to 45% of women are going to be single by 2030. Awesome. That's fantastic. Honestly, I think the idea is that everybody should be single. Everybody should be single, even if you're in a family. I mean, the point is, is that you are still a single entity. You are yourself. This idea of being in a relationship and all of a sudden you're part of some hybrid being is not the case. Right? You're always yourself. And if you lose that, that's where the relationship falls apart. Right? So I've been with Melissa for 19 years. I am still, I am still by myself. I always will be. Reality is not going to change just because I love my wife, right? And that's the reason that I'm not afraid of her leaving at any point or of her deciding that her life is going to be something else or going in a different direction. It has nothing to do with me and everything to do with her right to do what she wants, right? But if I was attached, that would terrify me. If I defined myself by her giving me value, it would terrify me and it would change everything I do in the relationship. And out of fear, I might even go out and kill some flowers for her. Uh, yeah, it's it's so funny because people think that, you know, you start talking about be single in yourself, even if you're in a relationship. And so many people immediately are, are going to be like, kind of set aback and like, what do you mean? What? Well, then they they could just leave at at a moment's notice. And it's like, yeah, that's kind of how it has to be. Or else, if it's not that, if there is this expectation, it immediately cuts you off from doing it for today, doing it for right now. And people will say like, oh, well, then there's no, you know, what about trust in the relationship? What about, you know, faith in, in your partner? And it's like expectations for them to act how you think they should act based on your preferences is not trust is not faith faith is recognizing that they're going to you know act and i know ray's talked about this before but trusting in someone is trusting that they're going to act in the way that they think is best for them in every moment and being okay with that that drops the the need and the distortion that comes with that need and the lack of freedom that comes with that need for them to stick around. But it's so fascinating how people don't really trust in other people. They have an expectation of them to stay together because if someone was single in themselves, then, then there would be so much concern because you'd be worried about them leaving. But that's how it's got to be. Like, if you do feel like the relationship is based off of the idea that you have faith that they're going to stay with you forever. That's very much need. And it's, it's very much a, I don't know, manipulative way of existing. And that's, what's get, gotten us into the situation that we're in is this promise to be together forever, no matter what it's like, no matter what, what about if you're fucking miserable in your life? Is that not a good reason to leave? But I got a big house, right? So that's got to say something. And that, that ultimately, that happens a lot. I mean, a lot of this idea of marriage is also kind of old world inheritance and contract law, 
right? Like if you married somebody, even if you were unhappy and they had a lot of property, you'd kind of stick it out just for the sake of, of inheriting that property after the fact, right? And so this is unfortunately kind of what happens in some cases is that we look at marriage as this investment in our future. You know, like if we're just together, maybe they'll, maybe they'll die first, you know, things like that. And I'm not kidding. Unfortunately, that does happen in relationships. You'll see gold diggers, things like that. Right. But in general, a lot of that happens where we just kind of get into the relationship for the idea that it's going to give us some sense of security moving forward. Right. Like now I know what my future will be. And then we stick in it just for that. Right. And that's why there's a lot of relationships that people in their fifties and their sixties and their seventies, where they've effectively figured out a strategy for avoiding one another. That's how the relationship continues on. One person does their own hobbies, hangs with their own friends. The other person does the same with their own friends. And occasionally they meet and they'll, they'll you know, pretend that they love each other or at least be civil. And then they go on with their lives until death comes and claims one of them. Right. And it's just, it's such a shame because neither of them needed to do that. Absolutely. I mean, if you're at that point in your relationship where you have that much distance, you may as well just be honest and just say, hey, while I'm doing this, I might as well just live alone. You too. We could save them some expenses maybe, or, or at the very least have some more freedom. You know, There's no point in us settling into something just for the sake of being in it, right? In terms of a relationship, because the relationship itself is not a source of happiness if you are not already happy. Really, it's important to remember that. Like, you'll notice in a lot of relationships that one or, or possibly both parties are usually super negative. Like they'll, they'll focus on what's wrong with their life, what's not going right, so on and so forth. And they lean on the other person to be the positive person, to lift them up. Right? And that's a dangerous thing too, right? Being the positive person in a relationship or the negative person, right? But often that relationship is based on some need for somebody else to balance you out rather than find balance in yourself. So it's important to recognize that as well. You need to be able to be okay. If you're okay, then any relationship that you get into is an extension of you being okay. That's where they start to work. But as Andrew said, we're going to do a whole workshop on this. We kind of did a little mini workshop on this today, though admittedly we got into some funnier topics and whatnot. Um, there's a lot to say in this conversation, but we're specifically going to talk about some like dating advice, relationship tips, not just some of the pitfalls though that's important too. We are going to continue on Patreon in about 20 minutes. We got about five more minutes so we can wrap up a few more comments and questions here. Yeah, this is, this is fun. It's quite, quite the topic because it really is as much as it's seems like just a separate topic. It really is a massive part of our society, of our reality. And it, it, a lot of it is rooted in a lack of a, a feeling of lack in yourself, which creates a need which creates some manipulative manipulative types of behaviors and you know leads to fucked up relationships and there's so many fucked up relationships out there so many fucked up marriages out there so many fucked up just situations that people get themselves into because of the lack they feel in themselves the 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 inherent never-ending lack that they try to get over through everything outside of looking within, looking at themselves, questioning where that lack is coming from, why they feel like they have such a state of lack when the reality is that they never had it. It's just their 
opinion of themselves. They're trying to satisfy through everything outside of themselves, including very much including a relationship because you know, if you don't love yourself, you're going to try and get someone else to, to validate you, you know, being, having some value in some way, shape or form. And so it's very important to understand the roots of it and, and where these things do fall apart. And so when you do start interacting with someone or dating someone, it's so important to be open and honest and authentic very, very early on. There's really not a good reason to hide anything because that stuff's going to come out and how long are you going to be able to hide it and how long are you willing to you know, play this part, which is going to either lead to suffering if you keep trying to play it or you roll the dice and risk the person not liking you for you. They just, they did just like the idea. So from the very beginning, it's important to not try and be anything other than what you are. Absolutely. And, you know, it's funny because on, on the one, on the one part, we're talking to our listener and we're talking about humans going into situations that suck for them. But ultimately we're talking about, for the most part, adult humans going into situations that suck for them for terrible reasons based on, on need and fiction and, and, and whatnot. And so because they're adults, as much as I care for them, and I do, I show a certain degree of empathy, you're, you're adults. And so that, so you're responsible for yourselves. And so on another token, I don't give two fucks. You can do whatever you'd like to do. That said, it's the children that are getting fucked up as a result of going into those relationships based on your eyes being closed and trying to satisfy some need. That's the bigger concern for me because adults can fuck up their life as much as they'd like to, but there are children that are being born into these relationships that aren't happy and are founded on fictions and are founded on toxicity. And those children are being raised thinking the world is, is going to be like that. They're being raised with those priorities. They're being raised in that environment where nobody is balanced. Nobody's thinking about them because they're in a relationship based on need. You don't think that extends to their parenting? So it's important to remember that. It's not just you, right? And it's potentially the life that you're bringing into the world, as well as, not to mention all your friends and everybody you know, being in a toxic relationship is going to fuck up everything in your life. It will, it will affect everything, including your work. So treat it seriously. It's a major, major decision in your life. If you're going to be around somebody for the love of God or all that's good and holy, don't attach to them. Be free. Give them that much of you because that's love. Absolutely. And on that note, we're going to end this episode of Dualistic Unity Raw. This has been a great conversation. My God, I love these episodes. Uh, we're going to continue on on Patreon in 15 minutes. If you haven't yet, do join us on Patreon. It's certainly worth it. As Andrew was saying, you get two group discussions for tier one every week. So that's eight per month. Tier two, you get tier one discussions and tier two discussions. So you actually get to talk to us five days a week if you'd like to. That's a lot of opportunity. And you can participate in, tomorrow, in tomorrow's episode of Dualistic Unity Raw. So again, check that out on the website. Thanks so much for joining us, everybody. This has been a blast. Bye, everyone.